All right, praise God. You have your Bibles with you tonight. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 14. Everybody got it? Say praise the Lord. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Listen very carefully tonight. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, open our eyes to this word. Open our understanding. And I pray, God, that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word tonight, the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path, and we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The title of the message tonight is, Come Out From Among Them. Amen. Why is it that we need to come out from among the people of this world? Notice what he said here. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What does that mean? We're going to take a look at this word and break it down tonight. What does that mean? Sister, what's that mean, Sister Sandra? Yeah, to be unequally yoked together. Does this work? Grab one of them microphones back there. Let's let's get let's get everybody active tonight. Amen. There you go. This works. Give that in her if it works. Amen. Okay, so what does it mean to be unequally yoked together? What's he talking about right there? Means associating with um, believers, associating with non believers. What does yoked mean? 
What's it referencing there? What's it referencing there? You know what a yoke is? It's like a marriage. No, a yoke. A yoke is what you put on oxen. Or horses. Clydesdales that pull anything pulls a wagon and two of them pull together. You never ever unequally yoke two animals together. You never yoke an ox with a horse because their stride is different, their gait is longer, and they they're pulling against one another. They cannot work and walk in unison. And it will cause, it doesn't even matter what their temperament is, because even if they don't have a vile temperament, when they start pulling and struggling and pulling and stuffing together, they're going to stop. Or they're going to pull and fight against one another because they can't help it. They're contrary the one to the other. You see what I mean? And so when you are dwelling amongst unbelievers. You are yoking with them. You are, if you get involved with their life, you get involved with what they're doing, you go into the places they go, you go do the things they do, you have become, you have yoked yourself with them. And it's no different than somebody in this walk trying to go to a bar and witness to somebody in a bar. You don't do that. The Bible says, notice what it says here. It says, for what fellowship? What does fellowship mean? It means to associate. It means to to dwell with or to or, or to fellowship with what fellowship hath righteousness or that which is right according to God with unrighteousness what what fellowship do i have in a football game on sunday with if i had a buddy that didn't want to go which i don't but if I had somebody that was inviting me to go to to a football game on Sunday, I ain't got no business at a football game on Sunday. First of all, I couldn't even begin to enjoy it because that ain't my that ain't my thing. There ain't nothing I could enjoy outside of where I need to be on Sunday, which is in the house of God, worshiping my King. Amen. I couldn't enjoy it. If I wanted to, I couldn't do it. And I don't want to. But I couldn't enjoy it because this is what I enjoy right here. Amen. But the thing about it is, when an un, when an, a believer starts fellowshipping with an unbeliever in their unbelief, it changes you. They have the advantage what gives them that advantage? That's right. That's right. That's right, because you know what the Bible said? It didn't say, What fellowship hath unrighteousness with righteousness? It said, What fellowship hath righteousness 
with unrighteousness. Notice the context. Oh, it's a world of difference when you switch them around. God is saying the righteous ain't got no business going over there and doing un- with the unrighteous. That's the way it's written and that's the way it's meant. Now, <laughs> there ain't no need to say what fellowship hath unrighteousness with righteousness because when that happens, which that ain't going to happen, but if that happens, then they're at a disadvantage. Ain't you ever heard that the home field has the advantage? You know why that is? Y'all are dying tonight. Give me the right, give me the right word. Come on, you're come on, spit it out, woman. You looked all you're thinking, trying to find it. Huh? Come on, come on, come on. You're dancing all over it. Come on, give me the right term. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. The numbers are on their side. There's strength in numbers. Did you know that when you got the home field advantage, the, home, the listen, the traveling team that's there, they can't even hear themselves call a play because the people get so loud in those stands. Why? Because the people that are the home team are on the field going like this, telling everybody to get so loud that they, they get confused and can't even hear the, the play being called, and that gives them the advantage. And everybody's like, ah! Let me tell you something. When an unrighteous person comes in this place, he's at a big disadvantage. The Holy Ghost is in here. And God's people are in here. Amen? And so you know what? That's why... How many of you, since you began this walk, went somewhere, maybe you used to fit in real good? And you got there, and it was like, I got to get out of here. I just don't. I, I just can't. I just can't stay here. Yeah, I got to get out of here. I just can't. I can't. Uh, you just felt dirty all over. You just felt like you'd been slimed. Even with family. Even with family. Makes me just cringe. You just want to go, you know. You just want to go. You just want to get away. I I just... uh, I like to be amongst my people. My people are God's people. I like to be amongst God's people. I don't like being amongst the world people. Because they don't think like I think. They don't talk and act and walk like I walk and talk and act. They don't want nothing to do with what I do. We have nothing in common. And I do not want to yoke myself up with them because we're not pulling in the same stride. We're not pulling in the same direction. We're not, we're not headed for the same place. He said, What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Notice, notice the context. Notice the positioning. Light with darkness. In other words, it don't matter what they do. 
God ain't concerned about what they do. They're going to do what they do. They're going to follow their father, the devil. But what God's speaking to is not them. He's concerned about them. That's not his concern. What God's concerned with is you. What God's concerned with is righteousness. What God's concerned with is light. What God's concerned with is his people. That's what he's concerned with. And he said, what business? How many of you ever had your parents tell you, you ain't got no business over there? Because you wanted to go... You wanted to go hanging out with some whore dogs, or you wanted to go hang out with some druggies, or some, or some drinkers, or some party animals. Yeah, man, search up, dude. Let's go. And your parents said, "No, you ain't got no business over there." What? Are the, they caught you over there? My sister was dumber than three rocks, and she still does it to this day. She writes everything down before she ever does it. She always did that. She wrote everything down before she ever did it. Always been a detail. You know what? I can tell. I can tell everything she's going to do for the next year. All I got to do is grab that calendar off the wall. Last time my daddy visited her was the day before he died. He actually came to her house. Amazing. Just unbelievable that he came to her house all the way from Zavallah to have a, a, a baby shower. And so she got to see him the night before he died. But he's in there looking at her counter, and she said, what are you doing, Dad? He said, I'm just trying to see what next time you're going to see me is. He said, next time I'm going to be here. Because if you ain't on that calendar, it ain't happening. Period. I hadn't seen my sister in 10, 15 years one time. And I drove my bus down here when it was brand new, and I went to my mama's house. I'd been living in Tennessee. I went to my mama's house and was driving right through Conroe. On the way back, just had a quick trip down here, a quick trip back. And I was driving right through Conroe, and I said, hey, sis, I called her up. I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I don't think I can get my bus down in that road down there where you live. I said, you know, I'm passing through. I'm in Texas, and I'm passing through on the way home. I said, I'm going to stop in Conroe. Can you, you know, have a cup of coffee? She said, I can't do it. I said, what? She said, I, we've been traveling. And she said, we just got back, and, you know, we've got business going on. I can't do it. Hadn't seen her in 15 years. That's how it is. But she she got caught one time drinking right before she got married. She got married at 16 too. But she got she got caught at a party. Because the Thompson family, who she married into, they was having a, a, a party. And their folks, you know, of course, they were very high-class people, and they drank and things, you know, but they didn't, you know, it was all social stuff, no alcoholics, no sauce heads or nothing, but they still, they drank, you know, and social-type things. They were the upper echelon, you know, and, and uh, it's like the Brady Bunks, actually. They had a big mansion house, and, and uh, anyway, she married in this family, but she was over there, and so what she did, <laughs> she went to this party some kind of while, I forget how it even all happened now, but then... Mama went in there and just happened to be putting some of her stuff in her drawers that she'd washed, you know, her clothes. And she came across a note. And it was a shopping list. Two bottles of Bacardi, two bottles of Wellers or Dewars, two bottles of vodka. It was like she's... My mother, Opal. Buddy! Because <laughs> she didn't drive. I'm going to kill me. I'm going to kill. I'm gonna, I'm, I wasn't even there. I was like, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I was a thousand miles from there. <laughs> it's like, 
Whoop, I man, just used me to beat her with. I mean, just grab me up, smack me, smack, you know, just bam, 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 because I was a little bitty fella, you know. Wow, you know. So anyway, oh, man, it was a whoo. But she called Miss Thompson, and she lit into her. She said, man, you tell her, you, man, she better get her behind home right now. I think they went and ended up going and getting her. Anyway, I wouldn't have wanted to be her that day. But she wrote stuff down. But you know what? Mama told her, you ain't got no business being there. See, that's the same way God is with his children. Because you ain't all grown up like you think you are. You're a spoiled brat. That's what you are. Everybody in, in America is a spoiled brat. We're all a bunch of spoiled brats because we've been spoiled. We've been spoiled in this country. But you know what? God has to keep a tight rein on his people. And he's writing to us in his word. And he says, hey, man, what, what fellowship? hath righteousness with unrighteousness. And he said, And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Which, which is Satan. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What in the world is somebody that believes doing hanging out with an infidel? What's an infidel? Sister Erica. No. What's infidelity? <laughs> Going to the computer. Man alive. I tell you, infidelity is a man that messes around on his wife. Or a wife messes around on her husband. It's adultery. That's infidelity. If a man goes with another woman and it's not his wife, that's infidelity. God sees many things as infidelity. When you're his bride, you better not be whoring around with Satan, nor any of his people. Because you are bought and paid for. Amen. And you're walking around wearing his name. And if you got the Holy Ghost, you got his seal on you. And you're going to take that and trample it down through the filthy muck and mire of this world. And you're going to yoke up and smooch up and slide up next to some, uh, uh, some wicked, uh, uh, enemy of God? Oh, no, no. So God's warning us right here. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols. Who's the temple of God? That's right. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Amen. Now, so... They have an advantage. The Bible said to cast not your pearls before swine. Amen. Lest they turn and rend you. How many times? All right, let me, let me, just, let me just give you an example of this. If you, Sister Erica, since you're the most recent, Situation I've heard of. 
are talking to somebody, Trinitarian or whatever, or thinks that they really know what they're talking about. It's one thing, and I know every one of you have been in, in this situation. You're talking to one of them, and sometimes you can, you know, you can, you can sway their mind, and they, cause they, you know, they can tell you know what you're talking about, if you know what you're talking about. If you come off without a hitch, and, and you're not wishy-washy and kind of stumbling around on your words, that's why we do this right here. So you don't do that when you talk. So you don't get all flipping out, you know. But you're prepared, furnished and prepared under every good work. Okay, so when you're talking to one, it's bad enough. And they may try to argue with you a little bit, but they're not going to argue too much because they know you know more. They're a little scared to break out and step out on that because they don't really know no Bible. What they know is some hearsay. They know a few, maybe a couple of scriptures or whatever, and they know what they see on Joel Osteen. They know what they see on television. They know what they hear at these so-called, well, it's den of wickedness is what I call them, but some, some people call them churches. <laughs> anyway, so they know what they hear. They know a little bit of that. But you get two of them or three of them together, they get bold then. And they will start trying to, they, they'll start feeding off each other and they'll try to land base you and make you look like an idiot. See what I mean? They get bold. And so, you have to be careful unless they turn again and rend you. If you don't have all your guns loaded, it's best just not to fool with it at all. Because what good's it going to do? What good is it going to do if they really have no desire for it? They listen with the intent to reply. See what I mean? What's, huh? Yeah. Well, here's what you need to do. Just tell a look. You know what? Get a King James Bible out and show me. Get a King James Bible out and show me. There you go. End of story. Because that's going to be the end of it. Okay. So you know what? It don't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what I say. What matters is what God said. So get the King James Bible out and show me. Let's look at it. I'm game, are you? See? Now, how many of you know what Mark 16, 15 says? I'm not going to give you the first word. Are you kidding me? Listen. Come on. Come on. Are you kidding me? Even you? Oh, my goodness. Mark 16, 15. I, I, I don't, you, don't you even think about growing that Bible. Don't you even think about it. Man, lie, man, lie. That ain't going to do because that's hearsay. 
What are you going to do when you're out somewhere and somebody needs to know this and you don't have your Bible or your phone? Oh, no, no, no. He said, hey, I came and showed you an example. What if it happens to be you two that's sitting over going, I don't know, what? Bible says in Mark sixteen fifteen. what's it? Sorry, you got it turned over there. Don't you do it. Oh, look at her. Cheat. All of y'all cheating. Lord, forgive them, Lord. Forgive them tonight, Lord. I heard you, but you'd already had it turned there. Don't you lie. No, she didn't. It's close. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise God. But listen, I said that to say this. That says, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. But I want you to understand something tonight. That does not mean that you are to... It says, go ye therefore into all the world. Does it not? But people think that means that you're just supposed to go out there and just to go out there and, and, and preach on the street corners and go into the bars and the byways and the highways. Oh, no. No, man. No, no. You don't take this precious seed and just chunk it out there in the street. He said, well, uh, somebody say the Bible said that uh, you just can't, uh, that you, some fell on good ground, some fell on stuff. Listen, man, when you preach to people that seem like they want to hear it, that's that's the ground that's talking about where some of it fell on good ground, some of it fell on stony ground, and they immediately heard the Word and it immediately sprung up. That's people that wanted the Word. But they had no depth of root in them. The Bible said it choked the affairs of this world, choked it out. But they wanted it when they got it. So that ain't casting your pearls before swine. Those are people that thought they wanted it. But they didn't want it bad enough. They got it, and oh, man, oh, and I've seen it happen so many times, man. I tell you what, it's like somebody shot out of a cannon, man. They come in here, get a, man, get just get a taste of this, and it looks and feels and smells and tastes so good, man. Oh, and I pray God, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, go out of here, just, man, ready to, ready to go to church, when I'm ready to become the greatest witness and minister there ever was on the planet. And then, you know, the next morning they wake up, well, they're not quite as on fire as it was, and the next day, not so on and so forth. Seen it happen many times. That does not mean that you go and enter into a den of iniquity. Go ye therefore into all the world. Preach the gospel unto every creature. Okay, what does that mean, all the world? Does that mean just go, go out here and hang out in the bars and preach to people, stand outside the bar, wait for them to come out and tackle them? I had a guy call me on Sunday morning one time. Called me at my church office Sunday morning one time. This guy that quit me, and I told you all about this, I think, quit me out of state, working for me on a job, but he was a... Religious guy, supposedly, just walked off a job in, in out of state, man, you know. And um, in the Walmart, no less, we were doing a build-out in Walmart. Man, Walmart don't play no games, you know. We're in there, and I, man, so, uh, boy, I had jobs going on all over the country. Guy left, and oh, i got to go, man. i got to do work for the Lord, you know. Well, anyway, 
a couple of years went by, this guy calls me up, hey, man, I just uh, wanted to tell you I want to come by and uh, testify in your church this morning. I, I said, excuse me? Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Well, I said, where you been? Oh, man, man, I've been preaching in bars and, you know, man, but that's, you know. I said, boy, I said, uh, I said, man, you ain't coming saying nothing in this church. He said, what? He said, yeah, he said, yeah, man. He said, well, that's where Jesus would be. I said, no, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. I said, oh, no, he wouldn't. Jesus wouldn't be hanging out in no bar. He said, come out from among them, be separate, saith Lord, touch not the unclean thing. So anyway, nevertheless, he didn't needless to say he didn't come that day. But listen to what the Word of God says. Okay, so let's go, let's go take a look. The Bible does say, preach the Word. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Let's go look at that. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 5 says what? It says, I charge thee. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, all right, now listen carefully. Hold on just one second. Now, this does not mean that you enter in to the world's den of iniquity to do your preaching. Doesn't mean you carry the gospel to all that wicked idiots out there. Look at Acts. Look at the book of Acts. So when it says, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, what's it talking about? Well, let's just take a look at chapter 8, chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. In other words, you'll be working for me, witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You see what I mean? It says, go ye therefore into all the world. It ain't talking about going to every place out here in this city. Doesn't mean you're going to go down here and set the parking lot down here at the movie house and wait for people to come out if they just uh, watching some rated X movie and come out in the parking lot and then you're going to try to preach Jesus to them. Doesn't mean you're going to go out here and sit outside the bar and preach and try to preach Jesus to them. Doesn't mean you're going to serve them a beer and try to preach Jesus to them. That's casting your pearls before swine. It ain't talking about going into that form of the world. Here he said, you shall be witnesses unto me. Where? You shall be witnesses unto me. He's talking about geography. That's right. Amen. He said, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You see that? That's what he's talking about when he said, Go ye therefore into all the world. He means in the entire world. Geographically. Amen. So, when he says, The Bible says, Preach the word. Be instant in season. Out of season. Alright? What's he talking about right there? 
First of all, let's look at Matthew 18, 12. Sister Erica's going over there right now for me real quick. Matthew 18, 12. And it says, okay, hold the wagon. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now read that to me right there again and give me the key word there. Okay, stop right there. The key word is have. If a man have an hundred sheep and one go astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go in search of the one that is lost? But the key is, <laughs> he had that sheep at one time. You see what I mean? This is for the church. This ain't for the... This doesn't say you're supposed to go out there and start dragging strays into the house of God. If a man have an hundred sheep, he's one of the fold that got astray and went out. See? This ain't talking about going out there and dragging people in here kicking and screaming. Honey, if they ain't got no want for this, they will never stay in this deal. They ain't nothing but a thorn in the side of this church. If they don't want to be here, they will not stay here. I guarantee you that. If they don't want Jesus and want to throw that world out, they ain't coming in here. They don't want to be in here. Amen. So, okay, so, doth he not lead the ninety and the nine and go in search of the one that is lost? See that? Okay, so, read the rest of that, 18.12. Amen. Okay. Now, People have this notion that we're just supposed to walk out there and start preaching on the street corners. That's the message out here. But you ain't going to never get no real... You ain't never going to get no real soldiers like that. When Let me tell you something. There's a thing called a draft. There's a thing called a draft where you had to draft people into the military. But then there's this thing called volunteering, signing up. Let me tell you something. God ain't going to draft you into this army. You're going to have to want in this army. And you're going to have to want it bad enough to make it through basic training. And I'm going to tell you something. Basic training in this church ain't like basic training. In other, they ain't no basic training in other churches. They got timeout cards. They got month-out cards. They got a year-out card. They got cruise-out cards. They got birthday-out cards. They got I'm too daggum tired-out cards. They got get over yourself, I'll see you next week cards. They got dear God, I need some me time, mommy time cards. Yeah, they got I see you when I see you cards. They don't even need a card for sloths. All of them sloths. They got them all. They got them all. But let me tell you something. We don't have no timeout cards in this in this walk. We don't have no timeout cards in this army. And so you're going to have to want to be in this deal in order to stay in this deal. How many of you have already proven that to yourselves? How many of you realized that early on that, man, 
If you don't want to stay here, you ain't going to stay. Amen. Now, that's right. And you know what? Every one of you, every one of you want to run with a horseman. You want to contend with a horseman. But if you can't run with a footman, how are you going to contend with a horseman? Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Before you can, before you can walk, you're going to have to crawl. And that's a fact. God's going to find out what you're made of, for He really gives you the true riches. Amen. You're going to have to prove yourself worthy. The true riches I'm talking about just right here. Praise God. And there was something in you that God saw, or you'd have never learned what you already know. I guarantee you, you know more right now than anybody you know. You know more Bible than anyone you have ever met. That's a fact. Think about it. No. I'm telling you. You know stuff in that Word that people you know have never seen. They've never seen. Even angels would love to look into some of the things you've seen. Did you know that? Bible declares it. Jesus chose you. Who'd have ever thought a bunch of misfits like us and God would choose to walk in the midst of this people and pour out His Word to this people? What a glorious thing. What a blessing this is. Huh. But you know what? The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, and Sister Sister Sharon's just gonna tell me right now. Eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But notice what he said there. What's the first part of that? Come unto me. See that? Now Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. But here, Jesus himself speaking said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He didn't say, Hey, come here. Stop! Stop! Let me give you rest. No. Stop! So I can rest. No. Jesus just looked at you like, Well... See you when you get back. They won't be moving near that fast when they come back. Because you can't crawl as fast as you can run. Now, so, Matthew 5 and 6 says, Sister, Sister Tara, give me Matthew 5 and 6. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Tell me. Bless. And you're looking at the scripture. Cheater, cheater, cheater. Cheater. Man alive. My goodness. Did we take a six month leave of absence or something? Man, was there something in them hot dogs last week? Or, man, did somebody spike him hamburgers? Or. 
I didn't put nothing in them. Well, y'all was outside eating them. What did y'all put in them? I don't know, man. Maybe them little torches had something else burning in them. I don't know. <laughs> Notice y'all was all real smiley when you came back in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She's still smiling. Look at her. Amen. So blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. See? Amen. So, amen. So the Lord said, come unto me, all right, and I will give you rest. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, okay? But that ain't going to, it says reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Use the doctrine. You always hear me come with Bible because it don't matter about theory. What matters is word. Get them, pin them down to the words. Get the King James Bible, man. Let's talk. I mean, I don't even want to go through all this. Well, I think this. I don't care what you think. It don't matter what you think. What you think ain't going to get you to heaven. What you think don't matter to a hill of beans. What matters is what does God think. What matters is what did God say about it. Pray God, what did God say about it? Listen, tell her, hey, man, don't take my word for it. Tell her, look, man, don't take my word for it. Get the Bible out. Let's see what Jesus said about it, man, because that's all that matters. This stuff here, this back and forth stuff, the Bible said don't argue over the word of God. Tells you not to do that. Why are we arguing? They don't argue about it. The Bible's clear. I mean, the Bible's clear. And if you don't understand it, I can help you understand it. When I show it to you, you're going to understand it. You're going to see it. Because I'm going to break it down for you. And you're going to understand it. You're going to understand the King James Version. You don't need this other version. Let me show you what the King James says. And I'll show you what it says. And then you'll know what it says. I'm going to help you see it. But let's look and see what God says about it. Because what God says, that's going to make you or break you. God ain't going to be listening to no theory. Yeah, that's what I, that's what debate is. It's arguing. It's, it's bringing in argument. Well, you know what? If she got the Holy Ghost, let me ask you something. If she's got the Holy Ghost, say, really? You got the Holy Ghost? Have you ever spoke with tongues? No. Have you ever healed the sick? No. You ever raised the dead? No. Have you ever, uh, you never laid hands on the sick and never come? No. Have you ever prophesied? No. I told somebody they was fixing to fall one time and they did. That ain't prophecy. It's common sense. You're walking drunk, you're going to fall. But you know what? The thing is, if she, if she thinks she's got it, just tell her, what makes you think you got the Holy Ghost? Did somebody tell you you got the Holy Ghost? Because let me tell you what the Bible says. Tell her what the Bible says. Tell me what the Bible says. Be quiet. Everybody be quiet. Tell me what the Bible says. I gave you the preface. Now fill in the blanks. So you got the Holy Ghost? Come on, come on. Uh-uh, don't you do it. Don't you do it. No. Okay, I'm Asher. Okay, I'm you. All right, so you're telling her, say, you have the Holy Ghost? Yes. Are you sure? Oh, yes, I'm sure. How do you know you have the Holy Ghost? Well, you automatically get it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Say, how do you know you have the Holy Ghost? How do you know you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the Holy Ghost? 
Are you sure? Then how do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Ha! There's the answer. There's the answer. So you ask her, you got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, oh, I got the Holy Ghost. She's going to tell you, yeah. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Because the Bible says, you know what the Bible says? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Go over to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, and drop down to verse 20, and listen to what the Word of God says. And you need to take that woman, you need to take her on a stroll through the garden of Jesus. Praise God. you got your left hand on the garden of Jesus right now. You need to take her for a stroll through the pages of the King James Version. Praise God. And let that Word become a lamp unto her feet and a light unto her path. Let the Word speak. Praise God. When Jesus speaks, praise God, everybody listens. Amen. All right, so give me verse 20. Come on with it. No, 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 man. Sixteen twenty. Mark, what did I say? Oh, man, my goodness. I can't believe y'all can't read my mind. Listen, listen carefully now. Listen to what you're reading. Listen to what you're reading now. Listen to this. Here we go. Hold it. Strap, put your seatbelt on. I don't want you to get whiplash. Listen to this. With signs following. <laughs> Just ask her. There's a message back there that said, what are you following and what's following you? Amen. I'm not talking about people coming behind you going, oh, kumbaya, love, oh. Everybody's walking around in a daze. It's a lie from hell. I'm not worried about all that nonsense. Where's the power at? I ain't coming. Man, you know what? They're smooching all over the world in orgies right now. That don't impress me. Kissing and smooching and hugging and loving and all that kind talking garbage. They did the same stuff back in the 60s, man, when everybody was in a pile having sex together. All that stuff, free love and all that nonsense, that ain't impressing me. Show me some power. Don't show me how you can pull the trigger and kill somebody or fly a plane into a tower full of helpless people. Show me, praise God, how you can lay your hands on somebody and bring them back to life out of a casket or laying on a deathbed when they unplug, when they're supposed to be dying as soon as they unplug the uh, the life support from them. Uh, Praise God, and they unplug it. Three days later, they're home and, and well, praise God. Show me some signs following. Amen. Praise God. You don't see that happening in none of these Mickey Mouse places around here. That don't happen to these places around here because they ain't got that power. And that's why they explain it away and tell everybody they got the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they got the same thing he got. Graveyard death. That's what they got. They ain't got no more Holy Ghost in that box right there. Flipping through the news the other night. I flipped over by a channel. Here comes this. This guy looks just like Satan to me. I don't know. Just to see him, he just is a preacher, but he just uh, supposed to be a preacher. H looks just like Satan to me. He always has. And I just, I just can't stand the guy. All he talks about is money. He's the one that needed that second Learjet. Scum sucking dog. Huh? No, Mike Murdoch. Yeah. Tongue cleaved the roof of your mouth. Looks just like Satan would look, I think. 
Man, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes one of these days. Now, the Bible says, let's look at Matthew 18, chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. All right, we're going to look at verse 7. It says, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, listen carefully, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. What's it talking about? Sister Hoffman. What it's saying right there is it's saying, listen, if you can't keep your hands to yourself and your hand is causing you to sin against God, in other words, if you can't, if you can't seem to keep your hands under control, and you keep putting your hands to things that are going to cause you to miss heaven, it's better for you to cut that hand off, complete, literally. He's telling you how serious this is. Because you're going to be in a whole new spiritual body at that point. This, he said it's better to cut it off, literally to cut it off. Amen. I don't know what part each one of us is in this church, but you've seen people come in here and try to yoke up with this body. But if that part became offensive to this body, it's cut off. Because the Bible says, listen to what he says, it goes further. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Why is that? Why is that? Because a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. That's why is that. Amen. The Bible says it's better to cast it off, uh, cut it off and cast it from thee. Because it's better to enter into life, it's better to make it to heaven with one hand or one foot rather than to have two hands going to hell. Because let me tell you something, the good hand ain't going to bring the bad hand to heaven with it. Hear me and understand me tonight. The bad hand's going to bring the good hand to hell with it. Understand? They know, they know it other way around. There's not no good part of me's going to make it to heaven. Bad part of me's going to make it to hell. Either make the lump good or make the lump bad. The Bible says make the lump good or make the lump evil. There is no middle ground. There is no God and mammon. You either get right or get left. Understand me. Get right or get left. The Bible said you cannot serve two masters. Either you will love the one and hate the other, or you will cleave to the one and, and uh, despise the other. Amen. So it says, listen carefully, And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than to having two eyes to be cast into hell. Notice what it said. It said, if thine eye did not say thine eyes, if thine eye offend thee, meaning one. It says, pluck it out and cast it from it. It didn't say pluck them out. It said pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is better to enter in to 
to life. What does it say there? It is better to enter into life with one eye. So in other words, what's it saying there? What's it saying there, Sister Sharon? It's saying, it's saying that one eye was good. One eye was good. And one was bad. So what's it saying? Pluck that bad one out, cast it from thee. This notion that you're supposed to be friends with the world, the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you are a friend of the world, you are the enemy of God. We're not friends of the world. I'm not a friend of this world. I don't have friends in this world. I just don't have them. They're a liability. They don't want what I want. They're not after what I'm after. They're not walking as I walk. They don't believe like I believe. Therefore, I'm not going to yoke myself up with them in any kind of way. Because they are, they're, they're a detriment to me. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. I'm not going to be seen yoking up with unlike believers. I ain't going to be seen with them. They don't need any. That's a weight to a believer. Amen. What part doth righteousness have with unrighteousness? Hanging with people that you try to bring them, you try to turn them, you try to encourage them, you try to bring them. They don't want what you got. They don't want to see what you see. They don't want it. Into all the world does not mean into this world. It means around the world. Around the world. Let me tell you something. God has sent His messengers all around this world. They're all over. Ain't going to be nobody around and ain't going to have opportunity. But I will tell you this. When you get to the end of your life, I want you to clearly understand one thing. Very few people that have ever walked this earth will have seen and heard what you have seen and heard of God. I can absolutely guarantee you that. Because as long as I have lived... And as much as God has shown me in this word, even now, I have never, ever seen anybody that God had revealed this word to more than this. I've never seen it. It has nothing to do with any kind of nothing that I've done. It ain't got the slightest thing to do with me. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm a blessed man that God would even consider such a bum as I am to give me. I have no idea why he picked me. I really don't. Before God is my witness. I have no idea what he saw in me. And why in the world would he have chosen me 
to give me any kind of this word like he has. Why in the world would he have ever picked me? I have no idea. I literally have no idea. I would have been one of the last people in this world I'd have ever chose. We are a blessed church. We are a blessed people of God. And I am so thankful. Church, I want, I want to fill these seats. I do. I want this church to be full. I would love to go to this new place out here, have a beautiful building and just see it packed full. Praise God would be so good. That would be so wonderful. And who knows? Maybe that's the area. Who knows? I don't know. I'm going to follow Jesus. But I'll tell you this. We are blessed. People have to want this or they will not stay. There's got to be a hunger. You've got to be hungry for this. At least long enough to get addicted. Because you get addicted to this. This is an addiction, man. You get addicted to this. It's, once you get it, you just like, forget it, man. What are you going to bring me that cut stuff? I want the pure stuff, man. No. You're going to bring me that stuff been stomped all on? I don't want that. I want the pure stuff. Yeah, that's right. Bring me the rock. That's right. Yeah, I don't want that stuff been stepped on 15 times. Give me that pure stuff. Amen. I want to get there quick. And I want it to last a long time. Amen. And the good thing about this is, the Lord said, come and buy without price. Me too, man. Praise God. Amen. How many of you feel like you're blessed? Stand with me tonight.